This is Wales. Bangor, Newport, Carmarthen, Rill, Bills Wells, Norfolk, Aberdare, Port Madog, Colgan, Bridgend, Aberavon, Wrexham, Merthyr, Neath. This is Wales. Hey, listen. You want to? Do you want to know something? You mentioned Orange Parade Art. Can I go off on a riff about it? Mr. Parks has lost his grip. 
All right, here we go. Omnivore. Omnivore Records. He put this out. It's this record against my better judgment, maybe. He asked me if he could put out the instrumentals. Please let me read from this. While while we were trying to get connected, I, I, I went to this. It says, got some liner notes. I wrote liner notes. Look, I worked, damn it. All right. For example, about the tracks. The intro to movies is magic. Clearly is wrong. Note that the fanfare is a vice versa decision. Da, ya, da, da. Misquotation of what picture? Gone with the wind. Okay. Ba, 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 ba. So it's a joke, kid. The intro to movies is magic is clearly wrong. Note that the fanfare is a vice versa decision, a misquotation of both Gone with the Wind and to get the movie biz gravitas, but not get sued. In other words, I could not get sued in my misquotation. Let me tell you about the song, uh, the song called um, Movies is Magic, which, by the way, was an expensive session for me. To get an orchestra just to play the intro to a tune, just the intro, was an expensive decision. What would it mean? Well, it would mean that I wouldn't have the down payment on a house in L.A., okay? It was a blood, sweat, and tears decision to make something beautiful that might make somebody laugh, okay? An innocent thing. It's not a cure for cancer. But it's a step in the right direction to reinterpret what we see around us. Now, this is a fact. My wife's from Memphis. Elvis Presley had just had his first hit and parked his new Cadillac convertible in front of my wife's childhood home there at 1041 Poplar in Memphis. Antebellum, an antebellum home, Italian at Grand, had a Tiffany window in the in the landing of the staircase that bathed the foyer in beautiful purple light in the morning. Lace curtains, a cotton industry destroyed. Elvis Presley stopped at that mansion, my wife's childhood home, there at 1041 Poplar in Memphis. He sat there with her teenage sister, Scott, in shotgun on the tuck and roll it's an Eldorado. It's a yellow Eldorado convertible. He'd just gotten his first money. Elvis Presley. The Elvis. The, when I say Elvis, I mean Elvis. On the tuck and roll. Amazing. Leopard skin upholstery was on the car. This is all a matter of family record. And he was not permitted to, by, by Sally's disapproving mother, to start his engine until Scott got out. That was another Delta that I had, the one I illustrate here in Orange Great Art, another Delta. And Elvis didn't have a Chevrolet, but still. Now, hearing hearing it without, I'm talking about a track. I'm just talking, they're doing a few liner notes about Orange Great Art. Hearing it without vocals reveals my discoveries and follies, too. Yet I'm amused by it, impressed by its buoyancy and daring do. Each song, each orchestration, orbiting the California dream and off-center. Palm Tree and Moon was inspired by a painting of a Chinese junk in Monterey, Monterey Bay. That's why this song has a pentatonic hook, e.g. 
Put it in a letter. Traditional Chinese music is hermetically sealed in pentatonic capsule, three notes short of Western music. That always appeals to me. Then I finish the liner notes by saying, rule one, never leave them wanting less. Now this is the, uh, this is the instrumental version of Orange Great Art. And I want to tell you something. I wish people would buy it from Omnivore Records because quite frankly, we could use the dough. It's not that expensive. And this is to me as close to the vest as a musical statement can get to Southern California and all it represents in its dream escape. And it's a good place, a confection for the bitterness that surrounds us today. It's, it's a, a refuge. That's what it's meant for. It's, I hope, brings joy. So I'm recommending it. Under that melancholy moon Something to impress him Hoping he would be there soon She gonna run away He got a Chevrolet She won a Nat King Cole He got a General Whole lot of heart and soul She sure ain't seen before She was a debutante Give her just what she wants You tell her just where to go Down to the driving show You be my riverboat Movies is magic Real life is trash is tragic I regret I gotta say it's time we get away to the movies and magic Cowboy oh, 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 oh. like engine pop right off that silver screen Sky lit up like a jukebox for a dream boat Delta Queen Red dropping all around And turn on the Nat King Cole Off with the rock and roll To the movies and magic Movies is movies Magic Magic. 
I was scared to death because I thought that the tunes wouldn't survive without Brian Wilson's blanket, which is what I needed. That's what I, I wanted him to be our, our representative. I felt no one could sing the word orange like Brian Wilson. You see, I have a Floridian family. My mother's uncle founded the University of Miami in 1924. I find Miami uninhabitable, but I've been there and I made an effort down there. And they have the most highly endowed music school in the United States now, the University of Miami. The thing is, oranges are pronounced differently in Florida and California. And we wondered how far we would get from an orange to an orange. And I was curious what Brian would do. And he was, at that time, totally, uh, I think the word is unemployable, and being neglected. And uh, I was doing my last, what I figured would and was, uh, aside from uh, a live record I did later called um, Moonlighting at the Ashgrove, which I love. I'm, I love it that I had the stamina to get through a live performance. And now it's 19, as we speak, it's January of uh, uh, 2024, and a, a welcome year it is. I like even numbers and square deals. And I, I'm telling you, I'm going to do another album this year uh, with my son, Richard, who is, and this is nothing about legacy in this one. He's an entirely different breed and and uh, and gives evidence to the improvements of uh, DNA and genealogical uh, evolution. He's a better model. There's a lady in a turban By a cocaine tree She does that dance so rhythmically She's a laughing and a singing And having a time You get that lemon and a get that line You gotta Sailing shoes Put on your sailing shoes Everybody Start to cheat When you put on your sailing shoes
your sailor shoes. God bless you all. Good night. And he's playing, and he's playing the mandolin, which you might think is a sissy thing. This is, I'm sorry, the major butchery. Major, major stuff. Cut, he cuts a rug. This guy is really a great musician who's found millions of subscribers in his podcast production and effort. So, but dig it. But this is what I wanted in all my life. I'm, I'm 81, damn. I wanted to play with my son because so it's like meeting and, and, and beyond the word. So we're doing an album. My son and I are doing an album and um, I'm very, um, I'm very excited about it. Probably will take most of the year. I'm writing a book. I do, uh, I do arrangements for people of an entire, who are brunettes. No, brunettes will call me, man. I actually hang out with brunettes. Okay. Don't let the clothes fool you. Let's go. Collaborating again. It's great to hear. I mean, you've worked with some of the greats over the years. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned Brian Wilson there, but there's some more of my favorites, like Randy Newman, Ry Cooder. Both of them, debut albums, their first albums. And that, that was when you, you were with Warner? That's right. I introduced uh, I introduced uh, Lenny to the uh, the A&R guy at, at, at Warner's. I introduced him to Ry. He knew, but Ry was developing a reputation of we were ryan and i worked together over at columbia under terry melcher you know for doing ghost ghost playing for groups like the paul revere and the raiders and, you know people who didn't and we played a lot of, of of great sessions the gentle soul i'll never forget that one ryan was a great musician i knew that and i had never had any more fun than i have in playing duets with ryan cooter i think his first record is the template is the best one of all of his records.
had a ball looking at a film of the best night I've ever had in rock and roll. Okay. I played Wembley Stadium with Ryan Holbit. We did, we did stuff and, and even had, took a helicopter, dropped us into a place where the Grateful Dead, we were opening for the Grateful Dead. The crowd was so massive. So I've, I've seen that world. I've seen the crowd. Uh, and that's all very interesting. Arena rock to me was a, a concept which I think had a very destructive influence on, on a lot of music. And it's not just, uh, it's not just the, uh, wealth Olympics that the music business became in the face of arena rock. When I played, I played a festival, but I, I just, so I, I wanted to point out best time I've ever, oh, it's with Rye Cooter. We did Japan. We did, um, they went to uh, Europe and this, that, and the other. We went all over the place. I was just a background. I was one of the people and there were, there were four, incredible singers, black men, to uh, get in dialogue with Rye. Then there was uh, Steve Douglas on sax, Jim Keltner on drums, Jorge Calderon on bass, on bass uh, Miguel Cruz on uh, conga tumba. What a Steve Douglas on sax. Flaco Jimenez on accordion. I mean, a great group. A, a culture, what you would think is a cultural collision. No, this, we had a unity. We have, we're in total flight formation. And one of the great, uh, videos on YouTube today is if you look at, uh, Rye Cooter, Van Dyke, YouTube, uh, and call, and call Hollywood too. There's a great, Les Blank, I think is the filmmaker, a great film of that evening we did in a club in Santa Cruz. It shows you that this collection Rye Cooter came up with. I think it's without parallel. I love it as much as I love anything of the band. I love the band. As a matter of fact, it's one of my favorite Bob Dylan moments is Bob in Nashville and so forth. And, you know, for the same reason, I like the, uh, the music of the kinks, the excellence of its, of its geometry, because music has numbers attached to it, folks. Anyway, so, yeah, so I've had great, you mentioned great artists, Rye Cooter, certainly one of them. Yeah, and I was honored to be, to, I think, be pivotal in, in getting Randy to, to sing on an album of his. That I did. And, uh, and got, uh, an insulting record, uh, cover taken off for him. His father, who was my doctor, called me and said, get that Nazi motherfucker's name off my son's album. And I did, Dr. Newman. I, I did it. I got the art department. To, to change the liner notes that called Randy a pudgy hoagie Carmichael. The milk truck hauls the sun up The paper hits the door The subway shakes my floor And I think about you Time to face the dawning gray Of another lonely day Baby, it's so hard Living without you Yes, it's so hard Baby, it's so hard Baby, it's so hard Living without you 
got something They are trying to get some more They got something to get up for I ain't about to Nothing's gonna happen Nothing's gonna change Baby, it's so hard Living without you Yes, it's so hard Baby, it's so hard Baby, it's so hard Living without you I didn't know that uh, uh, Hoagie Carmichael was a Nazi, and it never occurred to me. I just loved his buttermilk skies, and I loved Hoagie Carmichael's uh, adaptability to awareness of, of the black culture of America and his seamless way of taking that blue note, that blue note, folks, that thing that that, that is neither major nor minor. It's an unsettled note. It's what makes the It's that that really, listen to it in Ravel. There's another white people have also been influenced by the blues. The great composer Dvorak in 18, I think 86 said, all American music in the future will be of uh, with with uh, it will be black. Uh, I think Afro American. Ravel does it in his piano concerto in G. Plays that beautiful blue note to the hilt. Is this going to be major? Is it going to be minor? What is it? He's not telling the audience what to think. And I just love the, the idea of, of stepping into that world. And some people do it beautifully and fluently and without embarrassment. Others, it comes off as an affectation, a desire to be street smart. You can tell who the carpetbaggers are in all of this. And when you get to Wrinkle City and they really haven't grown up. All right, kids, we're doing our best, okay? I, I tell you, and also, Mike, thank Mr. Kennedy, sir. Truly, um, I, I think I think that this is, it, it must be said. That musicians, however vain there are, and there's so much vanity that drives this stuff and leads me to the joys of anonymity. These folks are sitting in the crosshairs when they go down to the Grammy Museum to uh, uh, pick up the words, uh, the awards. They're putting themselves in the crosshairs of a, of a rifle. And that is a major, we need to cleanse our hearts and allow music to reveal all of us Variety, the one that we're finding when we're here. The thing that leads me to the urgencies of such small stuff as poetry and from a harpist, a poetry whom I've never met. I would never have gotten to this desperation to get out of the cabin when I was isolated. I felt like a pharaoh in a tomb and I don't like that feeling. I want the elevator doors to open. I want to get up. 
Fine day for fishing, fine day for wishing. All that I miss is my fair weather friend. Feeling like fooling around, somewhere's I never be found. Wasting my time would it be a crime if I. to so many people and it is a, a beautiful thing we, we've spoken just now about the people you've collaborated with or some of them what about yeah. what about the chances that you turned down i mean i believe that you were offered the chance to join the birds well yeah yes he did but i i david wanted me uh, to to join 
I would have been a, a good utility man in a group. I don't think I, I thought they thought I thought their personality and they struck they struck a good a, a good vein, as it were. They really did. And I thought at first I was skeptical because I got the Beatles and here's the birds because they were the first to come back with the that. Uh, Animal frenzy that became the grizzly bears of today. Amazing uh, eagles. Oh my God. So it goes on and on. Some of them were bigger than, than, than their collective uh, identity and others gained stature in the collective identity. And I, I was very happy with the birds as they were. I did not want to be clapped at. I did not want to be noticed. In 1963, my brother Ben died inexplicably in service of his country, the youngest person in the history of the State Department of Foreign Service. Yes, it's true, his Russian had a French accent. They realized that. That was a diplomatic plus for a Foreign Service officer in Frankfurt. John Kennedy died in 1963. We were in trauma when Bob Dylan came out with his first record and the Beach Boys came out with their first records, and Manfred Mann came out. And the Rolling Stones co-opted the American lingo while we slept 12 by 5. So 1963 was a huge year, and we were all still in shock. And I realized that a lot of people were clawing their way to to notoriety. I realized there could be dangers in fame, even, if you're driving in a convertible in Dallas. For example, I was very content to to record to deal with the, uh, the. I had an issue, and I and I had to figure it out. And that was and w- one of those things was that age of assassination. Uh, Martin Luther King and uh, and uh, etc. Robert Kennedy etc. But this really, I think you can feel the urgency of the era in everyone's efforts. And darn it, I f- was very content to let everybody, you know, claw their way to recognition, go out in the road, risk uh, the dangers of um, a drug oversaturation just to serve the system of promotion that the record racket was promoting. I lost a lot of friends to drugs, and and, uh, the drugs were just a symptom. So much played into it. Look at the sexual revolution. Wouldn't have happened without the pill being legitimized in 1961. The pill became available. Women got the power to retaliate. This would improve the definition of the battle of the sexes. (laughs) Women were now in power. We're still dealing with it as they struggle without income parity. And I'm telling you, that means everything to me. I'm not looking just at the uh, raid of Hamas on the rave in Israel. And I'm still wondering, is Israel real when I see the repetition of brutality? I'm telling you the truth, folks. I get in trouble for my, uh, for, uh, for taking a maverick position, but it is a pleasure to me at the age of 81 to know that I've never signed a corporate loyalty oath and I owe the world a living and I am unbranded and I recommend it. Okay?
its splendor swings into sight Puts up a fight Puts out a porch light And soon we both just surrender to its might Part out of fright Part out of love light Part out of love joy on your face as you talk about what you've done and what you've achieved and you have achieved a lot i mean when i say to you that this is probably one of the most important albums to me the clang of the yankee reaper i think it's just a beautiful album from start to finish where you know yeah where, yeah what where, where did the tunes and songs and the ideas where did they come from oh, let me let me just tell you let me tell you why i did it i did it because i had to i felt compelled to do it i was in london at the home of my Brit friend. He was my tea bag, the guy that I liked, okay? My professor, he was the, it was the company tea bag. He, Andy Wickham, he was the guy who gave Mo Austin Joni Mitchell's phone number, okay? Anyway, so like that's why he had that double flat on the banks of the Thames River, okay? Because he did that for Mo Austin. He had the office next to me. I was audit, audiovisual services, I wanted to make artists money from promotional videos. That's why I made a contract for them to that effect, that they would get half of the residuals after the recovery of an $18,000 audiovisual expense. I guess too much information. You don't want it. I don't want it either. 
I didn't want it then, and that's why I quit the job when they didn't honor the idea of giving artists recompense for promotional videos. It would have saved a lot of lives. Anyway, so I was over in London uh, on some business. I decided maybe it was just, maybe it was to promote a record of someone or something to do with the company. But I was staying in a, a good hotel that I didn't have to dress up. That was the only rule. I don't want to have to dress up when I walk through the through the lobby. I decided to take a trip down to see Andy Wickham's parents, Air Commodore John C. Wickham and his wife, Barbara. The 1970, what was the year of the record's release? 75, I, I think. Then it would be 1974 because they did not, late 73 or 74 because... They didn't release any of my records until a year after I finished them. Folks don't seem to realize that. Why was that? So they could write me off like a bad debt and get the United States government to pay that. So they wouldn't have to pay the, their taxes would be diminished by the cost of my records. And then still own the record and charge me for it. I saw all this, baby, but I'm not a school. I'm not here to school. But, but the thing is, I went over. But I question the corporate practices, and that's why I have not uh, enjoyed the remuneration of uh, corporate uh, <clears throat> loyalty. I decide to step down to Hanging Langford on Thames to see John C. Wickham, the man who sired my good friend Andrew Wickham, the guy with whom I would do a record of The Mighty Sparrow, the finest analog recording you'll find in Calypso. 18 guys banging their brains out one day in Miami on on independent, that is our generated power during the hurricane, a hurricane that went directly over the eye of the studio, Criterion Studio, there down there in Miami, uh, that we got the Trinidadians up there to play that and, and do and track that record in one day. Hot and Sweet is the name of that record by the Mighty Sparrow. So to say that I have very close personal relationships with Calypsonians and, and uh, Trinidadians is, is an understatement. Some of my best friends at that time were white. Most of the, my good friends were West Indians at that time. That's what had happened to me after I came to Seal Beach in 1963 and was working. 1962 and was working with a steel band almost every night. Andrew de la Bastide. B-A-S-T-I-D-E, Andrew de la Bastide. Permutation of the Bastille shows his really great. See, you get you get real stuff when you go when you go places, you can get stuff. There's still stuff that's happening that's real. I learned a lot of great rhythms. Whip de lion. Whip de lion. What you get is one beat forward and a step back. So you're pushing forward and you're, and I love that thing. That's, that's, I think, I think it's Ebu, my beat. Man, too, I don't know. But I know that it's real, a real rhythm. None of this disco madness, folks. We're not, it's not a uh, cocaine power fuck. We're not doing that here. We're, we're observing culture, real rhythms that were developed with uh, mutual skepticism, I'm sure. Why are you, what are you doing there? Finally, we learn things. I learned a lot from my Calypso experiences to study that post-colonial 
post-empire reality that Trinidad had become. Hey, folks, it's stuff like that that matters to me. It's little stuff. And the music will come. And they talked, when I came up as a boy, when I was, you know, 24, I saw people start, oh, what the fuck was that? You know, it's like, they called Song Cycle, my first record, a concept album. Well, I had no concept at all. I had no idea. I am not a Presbyterian. I cannot predict the future. I have no idea where I'm going. All I know is right from wrong. And I know when I do right, stuff happens. It does. So at any rate, I thought, meet this friend's uh, parents. I was given the Rolls Royce. My wife and I were given the Rolls Royce, a limousine of the head of Warner Brothers in 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 England, his name was Ian Ralphini. Said, "Take my car." Well, of course, we couldn't have afforded to go down there without. But there it was. I arrived at this thatched thatched cottage and down in Hanging Langford on Thames. Not even on the Thames. It's on a little rivulet. It's all very off the road, well traveled. And I met this man who was an ace. R.A.F. Ace. Not the M.B.E., but somewhere in there, O.C., some kind of B.E. For his chivalry, his daring do, this meaning nothing there. He was in his retirement, and I was a rock and roll ally of his son out in California. We walked with the Air Commodore, retired, and his wife, Barbara. We went to the, through the chapel. The little chapel had been there for hundreds of years. Barbara stopped. She was my mother's age, and she stopped and stooped down to pick up some petals that had fallen from the altar, which spoke worlds to me of the Wickham's humility and and great compass. We went out to the hedgerows with Jilly. There, um, what was he? I think he was a Welsh terrier. I think so. He looked like Toto. No, that's not Welsh. At any rate, and up comes... The Earl of Pembroke, a neighbor. The Earl. Oh, my word. Well, of course, they're not going to say these kids are from California, you know. So my wife and I are there. And we're quite circumspect about the whole thing. Because now the rain is going like this, like it does in England, you know, where it's just brittle, rare, horizontal. Something's going to come. Oh, yeah. And But nary a daunt, the Eric Commodore and his wife, they've got the right tweed, whatever. And... um I had to admit something, a eureka moment, that my ancestor had sold Wells Fargo to his grandfather, the Earl of Pembroke. And there was a poem written by about it called Clang of the Yankee Reaper by that relative. Not a very good poem, a mawkish poem. But it occurred to me that it was amazing that my forebearer was in flight formation with his forebearer in the Industrial Revolution. This blew me away, an agrarian connection, right? Makes me feel good, get down and dirty, come on. So I'm loving this, it makes me feel good. Pre-industry, rooted, a historical, um, ain't that a propinquity? Get back to LA and I told Andy, my good friend who's in an office and board, well, maybe not board, he's head of the country division, uh, Warner Brothers Records. He said, we've got to do a record called <laughs> The Clang of the Yankee Reaper. So I wrote a song. I think I wrote it with two other people 
son never set on the empire. King uh, Prince Albert came in a can, which I put in that to remind me of my father's pipe. David's favorite pipe tobacco was Prince Albert. Prince Albert came in a can. If you uh, expire before you retire and enter and, and also ran, just think of him when your light starts to dim. I'm right there today. Good.